Yeah, Karen, thank you so much for having a chance to sit down and, and speak with us about the, uh, the North Vancouver Museum and Archives. Uh, let's start with yourself. How did, how did you get uh, involved with museums? Um, so I completed a, a PhD in history at McMaster University in Ontario. Um, I completed my degree in 2009 on it, uh, but it was one of those uh, things that I'd always been interested in museums and archives. I had been serving as the chair of our local City of Cambridge Archives Board since 2006. And uh, the region of Waterloo, where I grew up, was also opening up a brand new museum set to open. It opened in 2012. And I uh, became a community member on the steering committee for that. So there was interest in that as a, as a career. Um, it was also timing. Um, as I was finishing my graduate degree, the economic crisis of 2008 meant that there were absolutely no academic jobs anywhere in North America. <laughs> so it was not a really good timing to be finishing a graduate degree with the thoughts of going into academia. Um, so I quickly recognized that you know I needed to think about a different career choice. Um, I started taking courses through the Ontario Museum Association's uh, Certificate for Museum Studies. And in 2008, I uh, started working part-time in a local small community house, uh, historic house museum, McDougall Cottage. So it was really kind of the very genesis of that. And then in 2011, I uh, was hired as curator of Chiefswood National Historic Site, which is a historic site museum located on the Six Nations Reserve. Mm -hmm. Uh, south of Brantford in, um, uh, in Ontario. So that was really kind of how I started working into museums. Um, I moved here with my family in 2013 and started working here um, at the, in January 2016 actually is when I was hired as curator. And really it was because the North Ham Museum was working on getting a new space and opening up a new museum. So it was a very exciting project. I know that on, on the website there was a mention of a, a project of kind of working with the collection and sort of deaccessioning yes. things and, and, and it really a, an int a great example of, of engaging the community with that conversation and being really transparent about mm -hmm. it. Um, walk us through the history of the North the North Vancouver Archives and Museum. How did it start? What were some of the what were some of the early collections, yeah. and how how's it changed? So uh, the museum and archives came into being in 1972, and from my understanding of the history of the institution, they really believed it was going to be they were going to set up more of like a Burnaby Village pioneer okay. museum, and so the early collection was really a lot of very pioneer objects, farming equipment and tools and stuff, and things that weren't really necessarily. North Vancouver specific, but again, meant for this type of open air pioneer museum. Um, and then the collection did change over time, really depending upon who the interests of the curator and the director. Um, there was a lot of interest in historic tools for a very long time, so a lot of the collection rec uh, represented that kind of interest. Uh, I think that I counted 226 wood planes that we had at one time. And then when the shipyards in North Vancouver closed in 1992. That was a real push for the museum and archives to really significantly um, concentrate their collection on that shipbuilding history. And so the museum and archives went into the Burrard Dry Dock site and we now have 20,000 photographs that came from there and documents and as well as the museum collection when I started was about 50% objects that came from the Burrard Dry Dock at one point in time. 
And then throughout the 90s and into the early 2000s, there was a real interest in opening up a actual maritime museum on the North Shore. And so I think that was the concentration of the organization for a long time. Um, so it's changed over time. And when I started, there was a real, there had already been a project that had started to look at how to streamline the collection, really modernize it in terms of how it was being stored and conserved and how it represented North Vancouver. And so I came in in 2016 with a uh, mandate to reduce the collection significantly in size uh, and to move it into better storage facilities and to conserve it properly and also to look at the collection in terms of building a new museum. Mm -hmm. So physically what objects really were going to be used to tell the story of North Vancouver in a more fulsome way. Mm -hmm. So I started that deaccessioning project when I started here in 2016 and just really recently actually wrapped it up. So it was a, an extensive process, 10,000 objects we removed from the collection mm. through that process, almost half. Mm. And during that, during that time, that perspective that you have on the collection as you're going through it, uh, what were some what were some histories uh, stories within the community that you felt were were, were missing uh, that, that had you ironically wanting to build more collections? Exactly, that does really came apart. Like I think I probably have a better understanding of my museum collection than a lot of curators because I have physically looked at every single object over four years. I've actually seen them and studied them and looked at them and thought about them. So we did. Oh, there was a big issue with I think a lot of collections that and a lot of history in general people just don't think of anything past sometimes like the 1960s as something that should be in a museum mm. it just doesn't a lot of people don't donate objects from that time period or museums collect objects actively from you know that post-world war ii time period and it's just because the people are still living and they just don't feel that this is necessarily history yet. Mm -hmm. So that was part of it. There's just a very different chronological difference in the collection. So re recognizing that chronologically we don't have a lot of things that represent past that certain time period. Mm -hmm. And then it's this, the collection did was skewed very much into this kind of industrial history of North Vancouver. Uh, so a lot of the social history and a lot of the history of the more recent immigrants um, there's a large Iranian population in North Vancouver and actually right now Korean population that has come recently. So that was, was definitely missing. Mm -hmm. And what I like to call kind of like the more fringe histories. So we're talking about social histories that exist that aren't necessarily mainstream as well as histories that represent the LGBTQ community. These types of histories were just honestly are, don't exist in the collection right now. Mm -hmm. And so we're definitely looking at how to address that. One of the things that I'm going to be doing soon, as I have some time, is really putting together a collecting plan. Mm -hmm. So looking into the future, what are these areas that we recognize that we don't have either museum objects as well as, and I'm working with our archivist Jessica, because we want the museum and archival collections to really speak to each other as well. So right. where are those gaps? And how can we actively engage the community to start filling those gaps? Yeah. And we did find some of that too when we were planning the new museum exhibits. There were several areas where we're like, oh, this is, these are great stories that we want to tell, but we don't have any objects that tell these stories. So I've actually had to go out and search for objects for a few of these areas already, it's just simply because when we're planning these exhibits, we recognize that we didn't have objects to tell those stories yet. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of work to be done, I think, to really bring that collection 
um, in, in terms of how it Folsom it rep represents North Vancouver, and so that's some areas. What are some of the, you're mentioning this, this kind of gap, the, the, the post-war period, and, and, and how communities sometimes have difficulty, or they, they don't imagine what they're doing in their everyday as being a part of the history. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what are some of the, what are, what are some things that are taking place right now in, in, on the North Shore in the community that you're, you're eager as a museum to uh, keep an eye on, collect, um, what are some of those? Well, definitely uh, the, the more recent immigrant communities, because North Vancouver, I think for a very long time, people, it was, well, in North Vancouver, the whole North Shore has been a very much a white settler history, mm -hmm. and it just dominated this area, and, and in fact, it had a lot of racism associated with it as well. So I think that there's just been a big blind spot in terms of either addressing some of those those stories, as well as really recognizing that it's a more diverse community that we need to be able to recognize that. Um, so those are those are some of the areas, as well as being able to tell some of those, as I said, some of those kind of harder stories, like internment of the Japanese. There was this community that has just recently been uncovered. Um, by an archaeologist, uh, Bob Muckle at Capilano University, and it's actually made international headlines. He's been excavating in the North Seymour Reserve area, so this is just a large forested area for about 15 years, and has uncovered what is evidence of an actual small village that was inhabited by people of Japanese descent in this area. Yeah. Essentially squatting, but an actual village, not just a lumber camp, not just any of these things. And it's a very fascinating story because I don't think most people in North Shore realize that there was a history of Japanese people in North Vancouver. Mm -hmm. Because of internment, it had been basically wiped out. Mm -hmm. So these are the interesting stories too that we're hoping to uncover and talk more about. Yeah, we were really fortunate because uh, Bob Muckle just recently was able to donate some of the objects. Um, that were excavated from that site, so that we can tell that story, and we'll be—that's one of the stories we will be telling in the new museum. So, mm -hmm. it's just—it was really great timing as well that we were able to be able to get objects because he was wrapping up the excavation on that site mm -hmm. and wanted them to go to a few different institutions so that they could be exhibited. Um, so that's a good example. So I think, and we're just starting to really f find out what these areas are. Also, our work with our indigenous partners is a big part of going forward. We're, we've worked closely with both the Slavo Tooth and Squamish Nations since the beginning of planning this new museum and we're in uh, the process of actually um, creating memorandum of understandings for this relationship going forward. So being able to really address some of those, the history of the settlers and indigenous people in this area. Uh, North Vancouver is actually quite unique that it's one of the few urban areas in Canada where there are reserves within those urban areas. And there was a residential school here. A lot of people think of residential schools as places that were way out in the middle of nowhere. And there was a residential school in North Vancouver up until 1958. So those are the histories too that we're really trying to help bring forward and to do so in a partnership with the Slave of Tooth and Squamish so that it is really Told, told by their perspectives in that community. So that's another one that we know that we have to address and we're really looking at how to do that well. Mm. And the, the details of the, of the facility you're, you're talking about, what, what are the plans? What are, 
what's the what's the thought for three years out, five years out? Um, what do you see in the future? Yeah, so the new museum is under construction right now. It's under a tenant improvement stage, and and so there's a large permanent gallery site. I like to call it the core gallery because although it has exhibits that are, some exhibits that won't change frequently, there are several areas in those exhibits that are going to be changing on a regular basis, and a feature exhibit gallery as well as community and hub spaces for programming. And so we've got a really amazing facility that we're gonna have in a matter of months. Um, the North Vancouver Museum has never had a museum quite like this. So this is very exciting for us. And so we have a lot of plans in, or in terms of going forward from there. So already looking at basically five years in the future in terms of how we're going to possibly change areas of the core galleries a little bit at a time going forward. So there are different changes there. Our future exhibit schedule for about five years into the future as well. So I think that uh, AN will have excellent collection storage. So I had to reduce the collection significantly. Well, I'll finally be at a time where I have actual space to increase the collection again and to think about that collecting plan um, as well as proper work space to to work on the collection that we've never had before so it's actually a very exciting time to think about being able to plan a whole host of exhibits five ten years into the future even as well as being able to think about collecting as an institution i've had to say no constantly for like the last four years as, as because we just haven't had space and i've been reducing the collection so it'll be very exciting to be able to think about doing that again and <laughs> being able to collect and collect with purpose too. What are, what are some uh, ex exhibitions you have on your mind, some that are, some that are in the works? Uh... Yeah, so the first uh, feature exhibit that's going to be going in our feature or temporary exhibit gallery is really about the neighborhood where the new museum is. So the new museum is, going, is located just across from Lonsdale Key, you know, Kitty Corner to the Polygon Gallery, on Esplanade and Lonsdale, so real center of what was like the, the early city of North Vancouver. This was like the heart of North Vancouver. And just next door to what used to be the Burrard Shipyards and the largest shipyard in on the West Coast. And now is this vibrant public space that has finally been completely changed from a large vacant lot in the early 90s. So it's a very exciting neighborhood. So the first exhibit is looking at that neighborhood and really how this has been the center, both a transportation hub and a commercial hub, as well as this industrial site. And more than anything, they're looking at the transformation. So we're gonna be looking at like plans and possibilities and how the city has had to deal with a large brownfield site in the middle of their city and this period of decline that happened to that area throughout the 70s through the 90s and then how through just looking at modern ideas of public planning and public spaces that's been revitalized so it's really looking at that story hmm. of the neighborhood so that's the one that we're going to open with and I think it's a great way because we are this like gateway to North Vancouver and introducing this neighborhood as well and, and celebrating honestly celebrating what has been a very long project to revitalize this in area of North Vancouver. So we want to draw attention to that. Uh, other exhibits we have planned, one that I'm just in very early stages of my, my imagination right now, 
Um, so I want to do a traveling exhibit, uh, and it's going to be looking at alternate housing in some ways. Mm. My rough title is like living rough or off the grid, and look at this idea of squatting communities, and there's been a real history on the North Shore about that, the Maplewood mudflats in the 1970s, which was this very infamous kind of hippie community. But even before that, people were living in tents when they first bought lots in North Vancouver before they built their own houses, mm. to ideas of going up in the mountains and building your own cabin up there and whatever land you could get, you could access. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's lots of little I have histories of squatting communities around the North Shore and around Metro Vancouver. But I think it's also a, a topic that speaks to a lot of uncertainty that people experience now about what is housing and what's the rights to housing and, and homeless encampments and mm-hmm. these ideas. So that's, that's one that I'm hoping to develop in the next couple of years as well. Mm-hmm. You were mentioning some, um, uh, some collections that you've had to, had to wait on and taking in. What are some uh, recent uh, items or collections that you've, put, that you've brought in that you're excited about? And what are some that you're, you're waiting to, to put into the, into the new space? <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that we've been very um, purposeful, especially recently, at looking at our Indigenous collection. Yeah. And so we were able to um, acquire, it's a talking stick that belonged to Dominic Charlie, and Dominic Charlie was a very respected and influential Squamish elder. Um, he was half-brother to August Jack Catsilano, and it's just a, it's a beautiful piece that's going to be integrated into what we call our welcome circle, which is this area and then core galleries where we really introduce our indigenous partners and I think that's one of those objects that was just I think we've been trying to acquire it for a couple of years so it was really amazing to finally be able to have it in our collection and be able to use it to talk about um, Dominic Charlie and our, our Squamish partners in this so that's one of those objects some of the other pieces I would say would, would definitely be these objects that came from the Seymour village mm-hmm. and that will speak to the, the Japanese presence on the North Shore before internment um, and they're just and they're also just exquisitely beautiful little rice bowls and sake glasses and bottles and I think was very exciting to be able to to acquire those as well so we can tell that story mm-hmm. so those are two but we're also have been acquiring for a few years now um, collections that speak to the mountaineering history of North Vancouver, which is another thing that makes it unique to the Lower Mainland. Um, so the British Columbia Mountaineering Club and the Alpine Club of Canada, both organizations have been actively donating both archival materials and photographs as well as objects to our collection. And I think that we're going to have a collection that'll be very fascinating for researchers. We've actually had a few come in to do work on books that they're writing about those topics. But as well, it's, it makes it unique. It's one of those things that definitely makes North Vancouver's museum different than the city of Vancouver or Burnaby or Surrey. It's this mountaineering history. So those collections are coming along and are very interesting. And it's also a really good example of when we do try to collect having archival and museum objects 
and those collections speak to each other mm. so that we can tell more more of a story than just an object. Coming from uh, Ontario and the heritage community there, did you feel any uh, difference? What were the differences and similarities being involved in BC in the, those two provinces? Well, I came, coming from Ontario, I came from working in more of kind of community museums. So I think I have, was able to like transition. I think what I found really interesting in coming here was I was used to, like Ontario has settler history is, is hundreds of years in cases, even in the community I grew up with was founded in like 1812. So just this difference in terms of time frame and things are happening. And so it's, it's like North Vancouver, especially it's settler history, is this compressed history in some ways. Mm -hmm. People were living in tents here in 1920, building houses. And there were still a lot of things that hadn't, that were still, it was still growing as a community and being created. So there's this sense of a lot of things happen very quickly in a small community here. Like the electricity, and then they've got streetcars right away, and it's like, geez, guys. Like the, normally these things that take, took a couple hundred years in Ontario was, was very quickly, grew very quickly, I mm -hmm. think, too. So there's a sense, too, of just the rapid growth of some of these communities and how quickly they seem to go through what took you know, many hundreds of years in other places to get through. So I think that's something that I've always found kind of fascinating, mm -hmm. how you went from basically a wilderness to a metropolis in such a short period of time. Yeah, so that's kind of crazy. Huh. And, 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 and the landscape, which is just something that doesn't exist in Ontario. <laughs> we don't have trees that are 20 feet in diameter at one point in time. And looking at some of these amazing historic photographs and just trying to imagine how they were ever able to cut down these trees and create like place here in Lynn Valley from from this wilderness too, which is, is fascinating. So there's that juxtaposition too between that. Looking at the, through the process that you've been doing with the collection so far, uh, what are some items or holdings that you feel are really keystones to the collection that have a kind of a, almost an, a, an orbit to the, to the story of the North Shore? Uh, several, I think like, I was mentioned briefly like the, the logging history and that's a history that the North Shore, that's all, that was here for, for initially, when the only industry that existed initially was the logging. And then there's just, it's a fascinating history when you think about the flumes that were built down the mountainside to the harbor and it's very, um, a lot of ingenuity to behind it as well. So it was a very fascinating history. And again, fairly unique to this area compared to the rest of Lower Mainland. Mm. I find that, and then the shipbuilding, because it was just so huge to this community. Um, in North Vancouver, during the Second World War, uh, 14,000 people worked in that single industry, three shifts a, night, a day, constantly. It was the single largest employer in the entire Lower Mainland at that time. So it's just the scope of that, too, considering North Vancouver had a very small population. It, it touches everyone. It did. Community. And so I think that's also that touchstone. And it's also a history that has a lot of, um, because it went from being so significant to disappearing so quickly, it leaves this gap in the community. Mm -hmm. And it's fine. It's an interesting history to try to address because of that. Mm -hmm. uh, when I worked in Ontario, I worked in uh, 
Brantford for a short period of, for a couple of years at a place called the Canadian Industrial Heritage Center. And it was a small institution that was looking at the industrial history of Brantford because at Brantford at one time had these massive manufacturing institutions. It was huge. It was one of the biggest per capita manufacturing places in actually at that time all of the British Commonwealth. Uh, agricultural equipment, uh, Cockshut and Massey Harris tractors, and, but there was also like a dozen other large manufacturing and industrial equipment manufacturers. And it was similar because in, in uh, the late 1980s, they all closed out. And it went from having this very proud community, like community pride around this industrial heritage and all the jobs and all the, uh, of course, all the benefits that went with them. And then it was just gone. And it really hollowed out the community in some ways. Also physically left a massive brownfield in the middle of the community. So it had similarities that way. And But you also feel that. You feel that there's this real sense Sometimes too, like there's a, there's a painful stories there that need to be explored, um, and in that in that kind of decline, and I think that's a unique. North Vancouver has that unique story too, and it's a community I think that is just starting to come back from that. It takes a long time, and and that's part of what we're going to be talking about in that feature exhibit, and how bringing back this waterfront and being able to use this industrial site. And keep keep some of those histories and those stories there, but also revitalize it for a community space makes a big difference. And I think that's gonna that's an interesting story to explore because of that. And it really, yeah, it has this very you just feel that it has a kind of very painful stories for some of the communities for some people to go through because it had such a significance. Looking at the the history of the collection, the downturn in North Van. Does that coincide with the origins of the museum in a way? I don't, not, not the 1970s origins, but definitely that altered the, both the archival and museum collection significantly, mm-hmm. was what we accrued from the closure of the shipyards. Mm-hmm. In such a way, though, that it kind of, especially with the museum collection, with the objects, it unfortunately kind of overwhelmed the collection. We just kept everything from the shipyards and it was just too much, too much, many things, too much large equipment that was just never going to be able to be displayed or used. Um, so unfortunately that's something I had to really deal with in the last four years of the decessioning is what to do with this very industrial collection. Um, although there were a lot of great things that I've kept in the museum collection that came from the shipyards. There was a lot of things that we just couldn't keep because we didn't have a massive facility to be able to display them in. And nor was it the only story we want to tell. So it's really finding that balance too. Mm-hmm. Like when people come to the new museum when it opens, the shipbuilding history is there, but it's not the story of mm-hmm. North Vancouver. And so finding that balance in the stories we tell as well as how it's represented in the collection is really important. So it did become very much a ship shipbuilding collection when it didn't should have been needed to be more nuanced mm-hmm. and that's what I'm still trying to do yeah well Karen thank you very much for taking the good? time to sit down and, no uh, yeah and speak about this and uh, we look forward to hearing more in, in, in the future for the absolutely you have to keep an eye on us maybe come back and see the museum when it absolutely. actually opens absolutely I'd be very proud to say that